Hello and welcome to Recovery from Politics podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Frame, and today is Thursday, July 8th, 2021. Um, So I have this interesting thought. Now, a lot of people will think of the right and left on this um, diagram where it's, it's an almost circle where you have the left, the very bottom is one point, and you have the right on another point. And usually they think, see, these two aren't very far apart. And that's usually on the political spectrum. But I was going ahead and I was thinking instead that they're not that far apart in the reasons. The main difference between the right and the left these days, in my opinion, is numbers. The right has completely taken over the Republican Party, whereas the base of the Democratic Party has not. They are shouting collectively into the void as Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer ignore them most of the time. Uh, And they have their champions, of course, you know, Bernie Sanders, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and them. But they don't run the party. And that's really the only difference between them. Otherwise, they're the same people. Now, I know... There are going to be some lefties that listen to this uh, who are friends of mine who will say, Kyle, I have nothing in common with those batshit crazy people on the other side of the aisle. And I argue, actually, no, you have a lot in common with them. So interesting thought I heard today. Uh, I don't know who it's credited to. I heard it from Chris Matthews, of all people, um, and he didn't make clear who he heard it from either. But he said, people don't mind being ignored or used. They mind being put out to pasture. They mind being disrespected. They mind being left on the side of the road. And this is kind of true. You do see this in politics a lot where, especially early on in a race, either in the primaries or, you know, early on in a general race, you'll see a presidential candidate cater to a specific group that they feel they need to cater to in order to win their election or to get the nomination. And then all of a sudden, when the contest becomes a little closer and a little further along, all of a sudden they stop talking about that. And you see this in both the left and the right, where during the primaries, they will talk crazy, both of them, because they know that their base is what really decides the primaries. But in the general election, you need to cater to the middle. This was unique um, in the last few presidential cycles. Because the right has taken over. There is no middle. So that's just it. And the right has no plans to try and cater to the middle. Their plan is to ride their demographic, which is the entirety of the Republican Party, is the base now. That crazy. And they're going to ride that crazy to the election. And based on demographics few shenanigans here and there 
and maybe, just maybe, a few disaffected Democrats stay home, they'll win. It's not an insane strategy. It's not one that I care for, but it's what they do. Meanwhile, the left. You will frequently see them in the primaries say crazy things. They're not crazy to the left, but they're crazy to the center. And you will see them say things and promise things. And then when they get the nomination and the general election comes around, they suddenly stop. Uh, one thing in particular, uh, the main difference between Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton in 2008 was their health care plan. Barack Obama felt that there needed to be a mandate. Everybody has to get this health insurance. And Hillary Clinton's position was... No, only people who want it do. Actually, I've got that completely reversed. Sorry about that. Obama thought only people who want it should get it. And Hillary was pushing for the mandate. Ultimately, the mandate was the correct route to go. You do have to force people to pay for this stuff. But regardless, that was the main difference between them. Well, <clears throat> when it came time for the general election, Obama's stance had shifted to Hillary's. Now, all of a sudden, health care had to be mandated. He made a calculated decision that that message of anybody who wants it could sign up for it would not sell well to the policy wonks in his coalition and to the people that he was, you know, trying to reach in the center of the aisle and those independents, those independents, those pesky independents that sometimes actually do pay attention to details like that. So he shifted. And a lot of people on the left and the Democratic Party felt that was a betrayal. <clears throat> he never promised Medicare for all. A lot of leftists like to blame him for doing that. He never promised that. He's never said anything other than he is a capitalist. But they shifted. There's no longer a shift on the right. You go crazy and you ride crazy all the way to the end. The left still has that because the base has not taken over the party. Which is why I say the only main the, the only major difference between the two has nothing to do with policy, it's simply numbers. The right controls a whole political faction in this country. The left does not. The left screams into the void all day long <laughs> and then at night and doesn't get what they want. Right now, they are infuriated. They've been infuriated for a very long time that Joe Biden was the nominee to begin with. And now that he's president, they're infuriated that he isn't as left as they want him to be, even though that is not someone he has ever been. Politics aside for, for Biden, the reason I say these two sides are very similar is that for years, the people on the right were not the majority. They did not control the party. But they were catered to during the primaries to make sure that certain people got nominated. And when those people got nominated, they would then immediately shift to the left towards the center and stop 
with the promises. There were no more promises for them. They were left. This is that whole hillbilly elegy, J.D. Vance bullshit idea. And, and the idea is not bullshit. Uh, J.D. Vance is just a kook. But he did have a good idea. You had these people who gave their heart and soul to the party, to politicians who said back to them what they were thinking, and then turned right around and did none of it. They stopped talking that way. They were all promise, no production. The left also has this issue and has been fighting forever. We have tons of candidates who come to the left and promise us the moon, and then, hey, it's the general election, and if I stick with that message, I'll lose. And they immediately shift, and then they stay that way. We could understand, hey, you got to say what you got to say to get elected. And then once you're in office, immediately start legislating like you promised us. But they don't. And that really annoys us. But that's the nature of the Democratic Party right now. They don't need the left. They need the center to win. And the left right now isn't going to go anywhere else because in this country there are two parties. And if you're not voting for one, you're essentially voting for the other. And that would spell doom, especially right now where the right is so toxic and so energized in their batshit crazy that we really should not give them control of any branch of the government for a long time. They need to be purged. They need to be changed. The Democrats aren't there. They're just not. But they're the exact same type of people. They hear promise after promise after promise. They give their vote to that promise, and then the promise is never upheld. And to be frank, we don't care if a promise isn't upheld. If you run on, say, for example, the Green New Deal, and you say, I am going to push and fight and get that thing in there. Okay, we're with you. And then you get in office, and you do that. You maintain your promise. I fight. It's going to be there. Even if it loses, we will accept a losing effort. Human beings, all of us, left, right, center, we will accept a losing effort, but we need you to put in that effort. And that's the problem that the left and the right both have. They've been screaming into the void for a long time. They've been hearing these promises. And then the promises evaporate. A lot of the time, the promises never even come up for a vote. Some of that I understand. They're not, the, the person I'm voting for is not the speaker or the, you know, leader of the Senate. And therefore, they can't control what goes to committee and what goes to a vote any more than you or I. But when it's somebody like a Nancy Pelosi or a Chuck Schumer or even AOC, who is a power in her own right within the party, Bernie Sanders, if they really want to, they can push the legislation that they want to the front. They have that ability. If they say they're going to and then don't, it's a problem. That's when people take offense. This is the thing about Donald Trump. The only thing people said 
that they really, really wanted. A lot of people hated everything about him, but they had this one thing trapped in their brain, and it's a lie, just like everything else about him is a lie, was that, oh, he fights. He fights. And we can see it, thanks to social media and the television. We can see him fighting, which in his version is screaming into a microphone incoherently for a long period of time and calling his opponent's names. But damn it, he's doing something. He's controlling the story. He's controlling the narrative. He yells into a microphone. The next day, it's on the newspaper front page. Trump attacks enemies. He's fighting. It's his way of fighting, and it ultimately doesn't do anything, but it makes everyone feel good, and everyone goes to vote for him again because they've been reaffirmed he's fighting. And the more you attack him, even with pure logic and facts, that just means you're fighting him. He's in a fight. So someone's fighting, and it's great. Makes everyone feel better. Joe Biden right now is not fighting with anyone. He's not really fighting for anything. Pack the court, that was never his idea. But he's not saying anything about it. The rallies worked because it was Trump giving everyone unfettered access to whatever was on his mind at the moment. He talked about certain things over and over again, and he ignored other things, but he controlled the narrative. That's one thing he was very, very good at as president, controlling the story. And a lot of people are going to want to blame journalists on this. We live in a for-profit journalistic society, unfortunately, and that means they need you to buy their papers. They need you to click their headlines. And Donald Trump is perfect for that. Joe Biden is not. So he's not going to get the control. He's not going to get the narrative. Now, I think Joe Biden is the right leader for the moment. But we'll see. Because in a year and a half from now, we're going to have another election. And demographically, thanks to our wonderful jerry-rigged system, the Republicans are likely going to retake both branches of the legislature. No matter what, if Biden and the Democrats do everything right, they're going to lose Congress. Has nothing to do with policy at all. And then, then we're going to have the real come-to-Jesus moment for this country. The presidential election of 2024 is extremely important because of what happened on January 6th. On January 6th, the leader of that no-one-ever-listens-to-me-nobody-takes-me-seriously movement that was on the right that took over the party, convinced hundreds of individuals to violently assault the Capitol with the intent of harming 
elected officials, even of the president's own party, even his vice president, if Mike Pence had been caught by that crowd, he would have been murdered. They had a gallows. Knowing this, heading into 2024, obviously there's one of two outcomes. The Democrats win or the Republicans win. And it really doesn't matter what you believe. If the Democrats win, there is a high possibility that Congress, which at that point would be run by Demo would be run by Republicans, will simply deny the election. Imagine January 6th, only this time the Republicans control Congress and they are not ceding control to the Democrats. They will not certify an election that they just lost. They have no reason not to. They have suffered no consequences and their base rallies around the people who instigated that bullshit. So it's going to happen again. At that moment, who is going to be on the steps of the legislature this time? Because if the Democrats win and the Republicans control Congress, it's going to be another assault on the Capitol, this time from the left. And they're not going to be wrong. In their mind, Congress is stealing an election. They will see themselves as saviors of democracy. The other side. Republicans win. And a Republican Congress is going to go ahead and do it. The Democratic Party, at that point, depending on who the nominee is, what if it's Trump again? If Donald Trump runs again and wins in 2024, are the Democrats not going to try the same bullshit he did six months ago? Are Democratic congressmen going to stand up and refuse to certify the election? The entire Republican Party didn't do it. I believe, I could be wrong, there were only about 30 or 40 Republicans in the House who wanted to throw, who wanted to do this. And only a handful of Republican senators went along with it at first. So it's not out of the box crazy to suggest that Nancy Pelosi will be unable to control her caucus 100%. The only thing necessary is one House member and one Senate member agreeing. And the whole thing comes tumbling down. 
But if you're on the left and you believe the election is being stolen or you believe, yeah, Trump won, but good God, we're giving keys to the world to the worst possible person. What do you think is going to happen? The left is going to storm that capital, sure as shit, just as much as the right did. We're not that different. The underlying thing that solidifies the right and the left is that both sides feel they're not being listened to. For right now, the Republicans are controlled by that group. And they will do everything they can for that group. Now, right now, that doesn't equal policy. The only thing those people want are people who scream into the void just like them. Only they're in power. The left is going to end up in the same place. The Supreme Court continually guts our voting rights. Activist judges. That used to be a term thrown to the left. Well, it's it's in office now. They're in power. The Supreme Court and the filibuster are stopping a lot. And the Democrats are making no moves at all to address this. None. Is Chuck Schumer, leader of the Senate, on TV every night, attacking Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin? Is Nancy Pelosi? Is Joe Biden? No, all three of them are talking about compromise and working together and, you know, that's it. I'll tell you what, that's not what the Republicans would be doing right now. Ted Cruz, who has no qualms about any of this bullshit, would be on the news every single day attacking Mitt Romney. If Mitt Romney was the one vote holding up Republican control in Congress, every single Republican would be on TV constantly repeating his name and telling everyone what a complete sack of shit he is, and he's the reason. And everybody needs to call him. They need to flood his office with mail, email, phone calls, everything. That's not happening. The Democrats are not doing that. Now, I have my own theories as to why that is. <coughs> Excuse me. But they're not doing that. And the left is getting more and more angry. You can see it online by the day. They are frustrated. The answer is staring them in the face right now. Right now, increase the Supreme Court to 13 justices. An act of Congress would do it, which means the Democrats could do it tomorrow. And the filibuster. The Senate by itself could do it with 50 votes. They could do it tomorrow. 
not only are they not doing it tomorrow, they're not even planning on doing either of those things. They're not trying to mobilize an army. They're not trying to do anything. Their answer right now is, well, we have to see what the other side thinks. Not realizing that the other side really doesn't care about any of this. They just want to yell and scream. The country's done with policy. It just wants to eat itself. The right's already there. They would love nothing more than this country to burn. They're done with it. Why do you think they wave Confederate flags around? They're done. The left is on the way there. The last three Democratic presidents have actually been pretty weak when it comes to fighting. Clinton didn't fight. Obama didn't fight. Biden is not fighting. Biden at least makes sense to me. The country is a powder keg right now. I can completely understand his line of thinking if it's along the lines of, hey, I need to be quiet and calm. I need to be a complete 180 degrees away from the last guy who just inflamed the situation. We need to let things calm down. We need to chill the temperature of the country. And that involves me not making any huge waves. I get it. I don't agree with it, but I get it. The other two, I didn't get. Obama was naive as hell. I get the Republicans to work with me. He completely underestimated just how much they hated him. Same with Clinton. We want someone who fights for us, even in losing efforts. That's something the politicians don't get. They're all so scared that they only propose legislation they know is going to pass or, you know, score them some huge political points. They never, ever put something forward not knowing what the count's going to be. I say fire the whips. <laughs> fire the vote counters in, in Congress. Just, you know what, just put the fucking legislation out there. See what happens. Let the people see how they voted. Get these bastards up on the record. Are you for or against whatever the hell the issue is? Because people are getting tired of stump speeches that make us promises. They want someone else to yell for them. The right got their champion in Trump, and the Republicans learned that lesson very well. They're all doing it. The left is getting there. And the more people that the Democrats leave by the wayside and ignore, the louder the left is going to get. The more populous they're going to get. And eventually, we're going to have two sides of this country where we really don't care if it works or not. We just want to see the other side burn. So these next two years determining Congress is going to be very important. The 
2024 is going to eclipse it all, especially if there is a Trump on that ticket. Anyway, uh, that is our show for today. Uh, I am going to try and get back to regular news stuff. There was some horrendous news coming out of Haiti, uh, in case you guys want to read up on that before tomorrow's. Other than that, uh, I have a really cool request. So I have a lot of high school friends who are doing kind of like me right now with the podcast thing. If you like the 90s and pop culture, uh, look out Doom Generation. Uh, the Doom Generation podcast, uh, I think I'm getting that right, is run by my friends uh, from high school. And uh, they, they do a few different, I think they did an episode on Wayne's World and Hackers and uh, Heathers. Never seen Heathers. Um, it didn't seem kind of my thing. Uh, but they are very funny, and I highly recommend you check them out if you get a chance. And, uh, yeah, that'll be our show. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, all that stuff. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, pretty much anywhere else. So if you want to reach out, by all means, recoveryfrompolitics at gmail.com. Love to hear from you, and we will see you next time.